Hello friends! This is People Are Interesting with Jan K. In each episode of this show, unique individuals share stories that take us on a ride across ideas and places. Featuring crocodile attacks in Indonesia, escaping war-torn Lebanon, and shark protection schemes in Mauritania. This podcast takes you where you've never been before. Enjoy and thank you for joining the club. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, and we're running. Boom. So 15 marathons in, in 15 days. What is going on here, Adam Charles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, I mean, I... Yeah, it was it was it was fun. It was interesting. I mean, the, the whole reason it, it's it's not the first thing um, I've kind of done in terms of challenges. It's not going to be the last. Um, I mean, so where it all comes from is uh, from me losing my wife to brain cancer back in 2019. So just before the pandemic hit, um, I lost I lost my wife, um, which kind of been it, it, we knew it was coming, but at the same time it's it's denial is still there i mean i'm still denying it now and it's it's you know two and a half years later um but before she passed away there was um i i basically said to her you know what can i do what what the hell can i do i need i need to do something because you know if there's something if there's something hurting somebody you know then your first response is you want to stop it you want to hurt you want to do something and i i couldn't do anything about brain cancer so i just said you know what what do I do? How can I help? What, what, you know, give me something. And um, she just told me to help um, a charity called Brains Trust. And that was literally just, she said, just, just help them. Cause she knew she was a, an adult nurse her entire, um, she was a, a nurse her whole adult life. So she knew it was coming. Um, she tried to kind of think that from me, but she knew it was coming. So she just said to help the charity. Um, and so um, literally a few weeks after she actually died, I, did my first challenge because I needed to do something. I couldn't not, I needed something because it was, it was that or, or you know, just sit in a corner crying for the entire day and not knowing what to do. Um, I needed to, to kind of start what um, she'd asked me to do. So I, my first challenge uh, was actually, to we, we had um i did it with some other some other people and friends as well was um to have 36 hours have no f- um cash for food for accommodation for travel you couldn't have any money for anything at all um no friends or family could help you um you if anybody gave you money it was as a donation to the charity like people had to buy you tickets and stuff and you had to get as far away as you could within 36 hours and we all tracked each other on phones to make sure everyone was safe um, and we raised about £2,000 doing that. And I ended up in Tel Aviv, starting in the southeast of England. Um, so 36 hours, I got there for free. Um, and it was companies like even Tesco, which anyone not listening, for anyone that's not in the, in the UK, Tesco is like one of the biggest supermarkets. And they bought me my ticket to the train station. Um, and I had so many people help me. And we, we raised like £2,000 and people got, you know, they managed to have a good time. I, I managed to start on the on the thing of helping my wife. And then it just went from there. It was um, just before the pandemic where I just went, right, okay, let's start running. Cause I'd always, I'd always been a runner. I'd always done stuff with running. And I just thought, okay, I can do that. I haven't run in ages because the last month when I was going to do, my wife actually had a seizure beforehand. So 
was like, okay, running, I now I can do this. So I can raise money. So I did two, um, two half marathons in two weeks. And that was kind of then the start of it again. And then the pandemic hit and I just went, yeah, I'm, I'm not working now. Screw that. I can't, I, I can't be around this nonsense from home because my wife passed away at home. So when lockdown happened in England, I was in the house where she died. I was stuck there. Um, and that's when uh, just things got worse, but challenges went up a notch as well. So I went from, um, you know, being with my wife and having a large house with our little dog and being in work and to then going, right, I'm fuck this. Um, I'm out. We're, I'm done with work. We're not, we're not, I'm not mucking about with that shit. Um, I now need to, to do something else. And it actually, I mean, it, it got to the point where I was, um, I was going to end it. I mean, in, in August of 2020, um, I was done. I literally had nine days left. I was done. And the only thing that saved me was a, a mix of different things. One of them being the promise I made to help the charity, um, as well as um, Twitch, weirdly enough, um, and a few other things. My little dog I had at the time. Um, but yeah, I, I went on Twitch and um, found some channels that were just chatting and they made me kind of smile when I couldn't. So those nine days passed and I was still here somehow. And, I, and then I just went, OK, well, if I'm not going to do that, let's get back to it. And I ended up doing 26 hours, 26 minutes of, um, of rowing uh, because the London Marathon had been cancelled. And so they were doing this 26 thing and people were doing 26, um, you know, minutes or 26 miles. And I just went, well, I'll just do 26 hours. It, it seems you know more um because the idea for me was that it, it's a challenge has to be a real challenge and then um actually from the original challenge but then it kind of really got into gear I, I started a youtube channel called up for the challenge and that's what i became online i'm known most places online as up for the challenge um i ended up starting a, a twitch channel as well as up for the challenge and that ended up being mental health and i so i'm i'm now a mental health streamer and um, I've done stuff for that and it's um, and so it completely changed things and I've just had the challenges going in the background um, and then I did um, there was another challenge that the the charity brainstorms were doing which was um, to do a mile of either running rowing or cycling uh, one mile every single day for 30 days and I just uh, for the month basically and I said well why why limit myself i'll do all of them i'll run row and cycle i'll do the 30 miles of each of them and i'll do them in one day so um i ran rode and cycled 30 miles each so a total of 90 miles in 17 hours and 24 minutes i think it was about um and uh, raised money for the charity that way and my my point was always to the charity was there's no challenge i can possibly ever do that is ever going to come close to what my wife went through and what she fought and what she saw head on so there's nothing there's no I don't see a reason for me to ever say no to a challenge um you know if somebody's going to challenge me for something cool is it possible right let's do it um and, you know since then I've done mental health streams where I've raised money for the charity in the background um and then someone because I used to be a self-defense and martial arts instructor I suppose technically I still am if I went back to it um and one of my students said well you know you're a runner why don't you do a load of marathons 
And I was like, yeah, I mean, I've done stuff like that before. And I was like, it, it doesn't seem enough of a challenge. And then I asked the charity how old they were. And they turned 15 last year. And I just went, okay, what about if I run 15 marathons in 15 days then? Um, and they would say, what? <laughs> I was like, well, it just fits. So, you know, you're, you're turning 15. So it's, it's a big-ish celebration for a charity, you know, a small charity. Um, I want to raise money for you. People know I'm a marathon runner uh, and stuff like that before, so that's not going to impress them. How about I just do this? Let's just do it. And I did I did a warm-up beforehand of one half marathon a week before, which did the Great North Run. Um, and then she went, right, let's get into it. And I have a chronic ankle injury, so usually I can do one marathon, two marathons, and bit, bit by bit. But the 15 in a row did start to get harsh on my ankle. Um, after about five days, it was causing quite a bit of pain. Um, and I recorded all this for YouTube and stuff like that. And then um, the seventh day, I actually did a marathon where it was mainly on the beach. And so, so much sand got into my trainer and my sock that my, my feet were just covered in blisters. And I was halfway through and I was there just going, I, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I don't know what the hell, like... I need to just get home. And I mean, that was up in Norfolk. So it's like two, 300 miles away. Um, and all the way through those 50 marathons, there seemed to be something that was trying to stop me doing the next one. And I was like, no, it's, I've got to keep going. And then I, I finished those 15 marathons on um, uh, with the London Marathon in, uh, this year. Uh, sorry, last year. And then um, th by the end of that, I was just knackered. I mean, I... I got to the end, I got my medal. And then um, I was like, got my medal, get my picture with my medal, great. Um, back when I had blonde bleach hair. Um, and then I, I, I moved um, along a little bit to where the medals were. And the St. John's ambulance people were there. And I just walked up to them and just went, I think I'm about to faint. Um, and they were like, oh, okay. They grabbed me and took me into the tents and then just went, okay. So they asked the usual questions and I just went, okay. So, to give you an idea this is my 15th marathon in 15 days and they just went when did you last eat and they just went the kind of well you're a bloody idiot and that was kind of their response of like you haven't eaten enough this was you know you, you should have done that but yeah i mean that's a quick pricey but i don't know if there's anything specific you want to ask but yeah oh yeah definitely I, there are a few <laughs> specific things i want to ask you about so yeah. to fire it off you do the first marathon, then you do another one, then you do the third one. And you've mentioned that at each one, there was something that you felt was trying to hold you back, but you didn't. You persevered. There's something very interesting about your mindset that is already coming, coming across that I would like to explore, explore a little bit further. Yeah. How, how where, where, where do you find this motivation in yourself to keep pushing? Because obviously... The reason why you do th do this, I understand that, but it's a completely different thing to say, oh, I have a motivation to do something, but then actually go about doing something. See, for me, I don't have that separation. I really don't. You know, if it's, um, I mean, to put it in perspective, it's slightly off topic, but it will give you an idea, is along with the mental health stuff that I did on Twitch, um, last year, I, uh, uh, this hasn't gone into full swing because of um, the nonsense of, of banking regulations. But last year I had a thought of going, we should start a mental health charity. Two weeks later, I started a mental health charity. 
Um, so I don't really have that disconnect. For me, it's just like, right, we can do it. Let's do it. I know the people. I know how to do this. Let's just do it. So yeah, literally from, it was what, 12 days before me, from me thinking about having a charity and me creating a charity. And, the only, and I've got, you know, the website's there, the logo's there, the, the stuff from everyone else, it exists. Um, and it's online. People can use it now, but it's not. Um, but th there's, we haven't done as much as we wanted to because banking regulations are stupid in the UK when it comes to charities. But that's my mindset of like, if I can do it, then why am I giving myself an excuse? Because people never I, I never believe that people have to overcome a hurdle with motivation. They put the hurdle there. So when, you, when you're going, I want to do something. OK, what's the reason you, you, you aren't doing it? well that's the next thing you hear is well and that's you putting up the barrier the barrier isn't there unless you put it there you know oh well i've got this and i've got that and i've got well yeah and i mean i had work um that i was working in 2020 and i just said fuck off you know it's there if you want it to be it's not there every time and when people say oh you need to pay bills or i have a friend who decided to this is a few years ago just to travel the world and teach english he spent about a third of the cost living around the world than he did on his um, rent in the UK. So those excuses never make sense to me either. You, you are finding that excuse. You know, people that say, well, you've got a family. Well, we saw on a recent, not recent, a while ago, a, a Yes Theory episode, actually, where they had a family that just went, no, we're out of the rat race. And they went traveling the world as well. So the family is not an excuse. And I think when you say, look, I, you know, I want to do this, and there's a reason for it, then you do it. I mean, for me, like I say, my wife didn't have a choice about facing those challenges but she still did them as well as she could and until the day she left she was thinking more about me in in terms of like how it's going to affect me and I, I you know there was things that she said where I knew I know that she was afraid that I was going to end it I know that she, that was a fear of hers and for I'm I, like I don't think I don't oh. I don't know how my 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 way of thinking would have come across then I don't know if I would have I don't know, but the fact that that was on her mind and she was facing those challenges, what the fuck is my excuse? Like, what is my excuse? If, if my wife could deal with that, deal with the brain, brain tumour constantly wearing away at her way more than she would have ever led on to me because she didn't want me to worry. You know, it, she was working for the NHS on the Saturday, was sent home on the Monday she couldn't speak and she was bed bound. That's how close to it she was still working, still doing it. So there's, I have no excuse. So I'm not going to put the barrier up for myself. Were you always like this or is it, is it the experience that turned you into this fearless guy? Um, I, th I think there was always an element of, I don't care. I think that's always been, I mean, I've been homeless twice in my life. Um, once when I was 15, once in my late twenties, I've, I've fought that. And I think, possibly around then is when it came through, but it's just been bolstered more and more. And then, you know, finding my wife and, you know, I was a complete arsehole in my twenties, you know, as, as a lot of people do find in their twenties, they're reckless idiots and then they get better as they get older. And I was, you know, I, anybody listening to this that knew me back then. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, I'm well aware of that, but I then found my wife who <sighs> It's so cliche to say she made me better or anything like that. But what I what I usually say to people is because I do a lot of mental health stuff and people kind of put you on a pedestal where I absolutely do not think they should do. The point I always make to them is every good thing you see about me is the is what is left of my wife. It is not me. It is what is left of her. And that has just kind of molded with who I was before. And 
my stubbornness, her stubbornness, and just a drive that both of us had has made it now that it's gone beyond the idea of, you know, I don't care to the kind of, you're not going to fucking stop me. You know, it's, that's it. There's no, I, I don't have that kind of um, pushback that I think maybe I, I did before. I may have had kind of, I don't care attitude, but there's always something in the back of your mind. Whereas now I'm just like, no, I, I don't care. You're not going to stop me. If, if I'm tr trying to do a challenge, um, you know, I was meant to run my first marathon back uh, when I was 18 and I didn't because I, I tore the ligaments in my ankle. If that happened last year, I would have done it on crutches and fuck all people were going to stop me at that. I think that's the difference. I've had that kind of drive, but there's there's a, um, something that's clicked, I think. Let's talk about that thing. Let's talk about that thing that clicked for you because I feel like a lot of people might be might be looking for for this change and do you think people can just make the change happen by themselves or is it something they is it can the can it be like some sort of external trigger i think to a point i think it depends on the person i think for me it was an external trigger um, obviously with my, my wife passing away, but I think there's, there's always a, a sense of something external because inside is where it changes. You know, you're, you're the one that does it, but I think there's always something from outside and whether that be something horrific, like with me or me whether it just be someone, you know, you lose your job or you lose a, a partner, uh, you know, or I don't know, your favorite band breakup, whatever it is, anything massive to very small, there can be something that just makes you go, you know what? I can, I can do something else. I can do something more. You know, you, you didn't manage to get that person's number when you were chatting them up. You kind of go, you know what? I've got to look at myself, right? What am I going to do to change things? You don't get the marks you want at university. Okay. Well, do I even want to be at university? Is this a subject I want to do? I mean, that for a lot of people like I've, I've come across, especially with the mental health stuff is people go, well, I'm changing this. And I'm like, do you want to be there? Do you want to be at university? Is that actually what is right for you? Or are you following what you think everyone else thinks you should be doing? You know, there's a, the, the famous thing from um, Tony Blair in the 90s when he was in charge was education, education, education. There's this idea of 50% of people going to university for no reason. No reason was ever given in that speech as to why. Because people need other things. People need plumbers, electricians, everything else and those are vocational courses and i think people get into this mindset of well i've got to go to university or i've got to follow what my dad did or my mum did i've got to if it's not right for you make that change and, and and push it forward which i think we can all do but i do think it takes just something something external but then it doesn't mean that you're not i, th I think the one change that everyone can make is to be open to seeing the external um, rather than just being closed off. You know, a lot of us go through and blinkers just going, no, I've got to follow this path. I've got to follow this path. And actually we don't take in those external and it then has to be something horrific for it to change for you. But I think if we're open to going, okay, you know, I'll, I'll listen to other people. I'll, you know, look at different YouTube channels or different programs or different things that are coming around and, and maybe something will come up. And I think that openness then allows for something to change if, that really is what's right for them. It is whether you're open to. 
yeah so so really it is just that that openness it's just it's being open to whether you want to really make the change or not effectively exactly and let's actually talk based on your example because it's incredibly interesting to me what you said you essentially came from being homeless to being a person who ran 15 marathons in 15 days would you be able to talk a little bit about this journey that you, that you that you are on and what have you learned from it and maybe if there are some universal things that you can share with basically that we all can apply in our lives yeah i mean there's there's two halves of it really one of them is unfortunate um in terms of so i yeah i was homeless when i was 15 i was homeless again when i was 27 um and uh you know i when i was 15 was when i was first uh, diagnosed with depression so i have depression down in the background um hence why it became a suicidal ideation after my wife died um and that's kind of my my, my mother moved away um and i basically was too stubborn uh, basically i would moved up to the 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 midlands in england and i'm from the south but i was school age and you know she, she was having to deal with um an idiot of a former um partner um and so i just said look i'm gonna move out so i moved out of 15 and then ended up on the streets um got my way out of that by making an advert in the paper um literally put an ad into the local paper saying look i'm 15 um i've got to do my gcsds um uh help And um, I had two elderly sisters that I ended up um, staying with. They had a spare room, so I went and uh, I went and stayed there. And I paid them um, with. I worked at a chip shop nearby, and I paid them a, a few quid a week. It wasn't very much. Um, and then again at 27, I had broken up with a past partner, um, and uh, just mentally went um, and. Uh, Yeah, I moved out with some people and then just, um, I was just an idiot, basically. And uh, it ended up with me sleeping in people's sheds um, and, uh, yeah, sitting up in people's sheds, which isn't the most comfortable thing. Um, and it is, it's, it's very telling that when I've then said this to some people, I actually had um, a, a discussion with somebody uh, nearby a couple of years ago. And their first response to me saying that I'd been homeless was, but you're civilized. Um, which is very telling on still how we see homelessness and everything else. Um, and unfortunately, there is some truth in terms of how it's viewed for why I got out of it. You know, I'm white, male, middle class. I sound like this and I look like this does give it a big advantage, um, which is unfortunate. Um, but... I can't deny that it is a lot harder for certain people to get out of those situations. If they don't sound like me, if they don't have, especially when I was 27, the education I do to be able to do it, it does become very difficult. And that's, that's very unfortunate. But if I take it to the first one, when I was 15, I just put an ad in the paper. And I think that's something that a lot of people should be able to take from it is just ask if that's, if, if things are stepping in your way, because, um you think well they'll never respond to me or they'll never do this or i can't get that because i no just ask just every time i mean i as i said the first challenge i did i ended up in fucking israel i ended up in israel with no money 
and I hadn't got any money, you know, we'd raised money, but I had never at any point had the money myself. Um, I just got bought things, Huel, like the, 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 the company that does protein drinks and all that, Huel gave me food and drink. Tesco gave me a, um, uh, a ticket to the airport, you know, just, it is not impossible. I mean, I, I do a podcast as well, for instance. And one of the things that when I very first started it, it was a university led thing. And um, we were tiny, very, you know, I, my camera wasn't like this. I was doing it off of my laptop camera that was already too old. And, you know, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I didn't have a mic. It was just crap. However, I asked, call me Chris from TikTok. Um, and she said, yes. And then a little bit later when she got bigger, I asked and she said, yes, again. And she's 45 million on TikTok. She's five, six million on YouTube. She's a massive Twitch streamer. And when I had people around me, they're just going, how the hell did you get her on there? I was like, I just asked her. I just asked, you know, and it's, some of it is just that, you know, that, that first advert when I was 15 in the paper was just me asking for help. And I think is people never quite get the fact that I, I mix stubbornness and asking for, asking for help or just asking together, but they go very well hand in hand. If you're, if you're going to just go, I'm independent, I've got to do it. It's bullshit. It's every level of bullshit. Every inspirational speech person out there that says you can do this by yourself is lying. Every single one of them. No one does it by themselves. No one does anything by themselves. You know, these challenges haven't come alone. They've come with my wife. My wife is the one that put that, that helped me with that kindness in me. I'm not, a, I am not in, um, I'm not automatically a kind and nice person. I'm just not. I know that about myself. I'm not uh, any qualms with it. But that remnant is my wife. That part of me is her. And so that has been something that's pushed me. When, when you ask for people for help to then do something with it, you can be stubborn with what you're doing as long as you're given that chance to do it. And it's amazing we can get. I got given for charity, for the Brain Trust thing. Actually, when I was on my way to Israel, I got given a Ralph Lauren weekender bag with insides full of Versace stuff, Marc Jacobs, perfumes, all for free. For me asking for a teddy bear to auction off. And they just went, here, here's a load of stuff. And it just started with that. So I think the easiest way out of that way, if you want to do something, you've, you've got that, you know, you've been open to a change and you've thought, actually, no, this is the time for me to change. Just ask someone, you know, you, you, you're never going to lose anything. You're never going to lose anything. Obviously, don't do what that idiot that tried to get a job off of Logan Paul did, which was quit everything and travel thousands of miles. But you could send an email, an email to Logan Paul and say, what should I do? You know, you can still email people. You can still go and see things or ask. And the worst thing to say is no. But they might say yes. And, you know, for a lot of this and how I come across you is yes theory. And that's kind of the point. They might say yes. People do say yes. Will Smith said yes to yes theory is the reason that people know who they are. Let's be honest. And so these things do happen to every single person. It's just whether you're open to seeing that there might be a change you want, actually taking hold of it and then going, OK, well, now where do I go from this? Well, I ask. I ask someone, what can I do? You know, I'm still looking for more and more challenges now. And the way I do it is by keep asking. I've asked yesterday to, to um, challenge me. I've asked I've called out um, strongmen because I want to. I want to pull a plane or um, a fire truck. That's my next. That's a challenge I want to do. So I've I've asked them, and I've asked my charity, the charity I help, to also ask them to try and get the. You know, nothing. 
the worst that happens is a no. That's it. And a no shouldn't be something we're afraid of. It should just be that we learn from the no's until they're a yes. Why don't you challenge Goggins to do something? <laughs> <laughs> I would want Goggins to challenge me. That's the thing. I think, um, I think his his idea of a challenge for me might might end up with me disappearing somewhere in the Sahara. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there's a if there's a challenge there, and I, you know, if it's if it's helpful to the charity, because that's the thing as well, is that I don't want the I don't want me to overshadow the charity either, because they are I'm doing this for a very good reason. I am called up for the challenge on everything. And it's always funny when I do it on Twitch and, you know, mental health streamer. And my charity is called Up For Mental Health. It's just me continuing it. But it's only because that first YouTube channel, starting with Up For The Challenge, because that was what I was. After my wife died, it was me challenging myself to try and raise money. And I don't want it to be the case where people go, oh, yeah, I've heard of Up For The Challenge. I want it to be, oh, yeah, have you heard of this Up For The Challenge? Like, He's helping brain trust. You know, it should be in the same sentence. Um, it shouldn't be something else. And so I don't want to try and go beyond that because that's not the purpose of it. I am challenging myself to help them. Um, that's it. But yeah, no, I, if, if people want to challenge me, if Wim Hof is out there, do it. I don't care. I'll run in the, in the, in the Arctic naked. I don't care. I'm, I'm fine with it. Just, you know, it's, if the logistics are possible for me to do something, I will do it. It's not, and I've said this to my charity. Um, and I think it took them a while to realize that I actually meant it. Um, but because next next year, um, I'm going to I won't say which marathon because you're not technically allowed to do this. But there is a marathon because my wife always wanted to run a marathon and never got the chance. And she was a better runner than me. It's faster anyway. Um, and so I will for one of the marathons next year, I'll be wearing both of the timing tags. She has been entered posthumously, although the the um, the charity knows this the charity did it but the event doesn't. And so on the event sheet at the end, and I will do it slowly. I'm not going to try and race it, but on that event, it will show that me and my wife finish at the same time. It will show that on records, she has won a marathon and it will show that me and her finished at the same time. And I have our rings, which is mine and her ring have been combined. And I have some of her ashes in it. So technically she will be there finishing at the same time as me as well. Where do you, how do you regroup after something that, after losing someone you're so close to? You're a young guy as well. What's, what, what, what was the journey like that part of it? Because right now it seems like you have found a massive well of resilience in it. But how, how did you get to the, to the point you are in right now? Honestly, I think it's still denial, if I'm absolutely honest. I mean... I've been on a few podcasts um, talking about different things about, you know, loss sometimes and mental health and things. And um, sometimes I am chipper as I am now. And sometimes I'm bawling on screen along with the podcast host most of the time. And I never know which one is coming because it's, it's still difficult to kind of to think about because I've moved twice since um, my wife um, passed away. And I, I still expect her to come through the door. Um, so Honestly, I, I don't think I ever really did regroup. As I say, when she passed away, I was then stuck because of lockdown in the house that she died in for a year. I was stuck in there. I couldn't get out of there. Um, and then, you know, I, I've tried to do stuff, but then we've been putting back into lockdown. I, I'm constantly stuck in my own cycle with it. So I don't know if I, I really have, but the one thing to, 
do is those challenges and that promise. And like I say, the promise that she made me, along with a lot of other things, are what's kept me going. And I think that's, I don't know if I'd put it as resilience, more a kind of uh, a blunt force that that's created in, in me where I'm just going, right, I don't care. I will just go through it. You know, I've been, I've been um, asked to help the charity. I've got these things around me. I'm just going to go blunt force through, through throughout it, whatever's going to stay in my way. Um, and like I say, that's what's, you know, I've, I've now created a, a website for my challenges so people can keep up with my challenges and, um, and you know, why I created the charity. Um, and every time, and especially mental health, because mental health, I do, I am not, I, I do not fit what most people think of in terms of mental health. Um, most people think of a mental health, especially they think of the LA mental health stuff, you know, mindful and mental health, you know, we're going to be doing a yoga in the, in the corner and saying, I'm a lot and that's it. And then they have someone like me who will straight up swear at them. And if trolls come into my Twitch stream, I will tell them where to go. And I am harsh, but I am realistic as well. And so I am that I am straightforward. Just keep going. When I have people that say, you can't do this, this isn't, watch me you know it's it's that kind of hold my beer type thing and i think that's just been built up because it is that um that that push that's been put in me because if i stop then i have to think too much it's a bit like um um runners other runners i've, I've heard from talk about depression is that they're always running away from their own mental health and as long as they keep running, they're always outrunning. And I think that's there's a bit of it in there for me is that every challenge lets me help the cha the charity that she asked me to help. And so I'm forever keeping that alive and and everything in in that when I help a charity. So there's never a time in which I envisage that a challenge is too big. Um, I mean, I'm going to be skydiving in March. Um, which I now have to get a medical exemption form for, which is really irritating because I have an ankle injury from the London Marathon. I now have to, um, I, I now have to have a doctor say that I can do it because potentially I could break my ankle, which I'd argue is the case with anyone, whether they have an ankle injury is or not. So there we go. Um, you know, if the guy falls on you, that's jumping with you, he'll break your ankle. Is it? Yeah. But I, I've, I'm doing that in March. And if my doctor says I can't sign this off, I will change doctors until one does. Um, and I, you know, I, I've, I used to, I've met a, a runner like that. She was 70 and she had both knees kind of um, removed or replaced or whatever. And she asked her doctor, you know, is there anything I can't do anymore? And he jokingly said marathons. So she changed doctor. And then she, when I met her, she just, she was just finishing her 200th marathon. So there's, I, I think, that kind of thing has just been bolstered up and it's it's a mix of denial outrunning my own depression and wanting to keep that that um the the thoughts and everything of my wife alive i mean it's it, it actually goes to an old um terry pratchett quote um from from one of his books which is no one ever truly dies um whilst the results of what they did in life exist on earth and so as long as i'm helping that charity she's still there so i love that let's talk about some of the crazy relentless people that are out there and i think you belong to that kind <laughs> where does it come from 
do you think essentially what I'm trying to figure out if is whether you can learn this because because even the way you dealt with your homelessness the first time around is so unorthodox so interesting so simple in a way I don't know how other people would deal with this situation what do you think I don't know, I think it it's hard to say because obviously and, and you know I think it comes down to um, a thing in our mental health that just gives us a, a way I mean if we go to um, Foucault's Legree it's it comes from our interactions our socialization um, uh, genetics and everything else is how we look at the world and how we react to it so there's I think it's slightly different for everybody but there's always something in, in the back of your mind and I think it's a bit like when I did a bungee jump um, a while ago in that that moment before jumping you're terrified you don't know what the hell is going to happen because it's a fucking you know you're about to jump god knows how many thousand or a hundred feet or whatever um but then when you've jumped you're either dead or you're not and i think that's where it comes from is that i either do this or what the fuck am i what have i done who am i do i just give up and i think for me that's where 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 it is it's like if i hadn't have um put an advert in the paper i'd probably be dead because I'd have been on the streets, I wouldn't have got anywhere. I wouldn't have been able to go back to my. I mean, if we think about it logically, um, without somewhere to stay, I wouldn't have ever passed any GCSEs. I certainly wouldn't have got into college, um, university. Um, I mean, I now have um, an undergraduate degree, a master's degree. I'm studying for several other master's degrees and diplomas, um, and I've I've done academic tutoring. That wouldn't have been the case. I wouldn't have worked for a university. I wouldn't have had the money. Wouldn't have given me the opportunities to then meet my wife and everything else. So I would have just been gone. But just saying, let's just do it, led to everything after it. Now, that's not to say that I believe in any term of fate, because I certainly don't. However, I think there's logical reasoning that can be brought into it in terms of if I don't do this, what happens? If I say no, if I don't turn this way, if I don't do this, what am I saying to myself? What am I doing to myself? What am I giving myself a reason to say no to next time? Because it's really easy to keep saying no. It's incredibly easy to keep saying no. It's, you know, we do it every day. We say no to so many different things. Do you want to come and hang out, man? No, no, I want to stay in tonight. Uh, you know, oh, you can just come out and play some games. No, I'm all right. But then your friend gets knocked down by a bus the next day. How long are you going to regret the fact that you didn't go around and see them? You know, it's, it's hyperbolic, but at the same time, it's true. It's a theoretical possibility. So why give yourself an excuse to say no? Because next time, what's going to happen when uh, somebody else is saying, oh, no, I don't know, uh, no. Whereas if you say yes, yes, it's going to be difficult. But it doesn't mean it's the end of the world. And I think we always think about terms of um, looking outside our comfort zone. And I think people take it the wrong way, because to me, if our comfort zone is here, this is what we're dealing with. This is everything. We feel snug and everything here. Everyone says that or thinks that when we say step out of the comfort zone, that suddenly we go from here to here. And it's like, my God, you've got to, you know, now you've got to be on stage talking to a million people. No, no, no. All we're going to do is go from here to here. And then, well, we're now we're here. Maybe we can go here. And then we can go here. And it gets more and more and more. I didn't start by running 15 marathons. I started by running. Then I ran a half, mar a half marathon. Then I ran my first marathon. Then I did four in four then five and five that, you know, it starts by those things. Now, 
if you're here and you think the next thing I do is going to make me feel incredibly like overwhelmingly nervous to the point which I can't move, that's a jump to here. That's no good. And that's fine. But if it's like, I'm going to feel uncomfortable, that this isn't going to be great, but could I do it? Yes. Well, then why the fuck aren't you saying yes? Because all you're doing is going to there. You're not going here. You're going to there because you still feel like you could do it. So why are you staying in here? Like, it makes no sense at all. If you're, if you're freezing cold in the middle of the night and you're wrapped up in your duvet, if you, all you're looking at is um, staying in the safe zone, then you wouldn't get out of bed to turn the heating on because you'd make yourself colder in the interim, which is the same as the nerves. You're feeling colder because you're taking the duvet off to go and turn the heating on. But in the long run, well, now, actually, now your, your comfort zone is bigger. Now your whole room or your whole, whole house is now your comfort zone because it's a lot warmer. So suddenly, oh, wow, I've got a great comfort zone now. And then but do you step outside to, in the morning to go and buy a jacket? You're going to feel like really cold and too cold at the beginning. But then when you do, now you can get a really warm jacket. Well, now your comfort zone is your entire town until you get to somewhere that's got different weather. So each step makes it a bit more. But there's always going to be nerves or something else. But just making that one first step to say yes, I'll do it. Fuck it. Let's go for it. That's that's the thing that then leads to the next yes and the next yes and the next yes. And that doesn't mean that you become a doormat. I think that's what people think as well, is that, oh, if you say yes to everything, then people are just going to ask you, well, can you lend me money or something? You know, this isn't Jim Carrey's yes, man. You know, you still have common sense and willpower, but it means that you can start to think about a world in which you do say yes in. Because if we don't say yes, then that's not the world we see. It's not the world we encompass. Whereas if we do say yes, great. Then the next thing we do might be a yes that we really enjoy and could lead us somewhere that we never thought was possible. Yeah, it's about opening those doors, right? And just seeing what's yeah. there. Yeah, absolutely. How did you feel after doing those 15 marathons? Like literally, if you could describe the sensation. Oh, God. Um, I don't even know if I believed it myself. You know, it was that kind of thing of like, what the, f what did I just do? And so it was, yeah, I think disbelief in myself. But honestly, the next day I rang the charity asking for the next challenge. So I, it's temporary for me, things like that. Did you have to sleep for a week? What was, what was your recovery like from something like that? Was your body already used to it so you took it quite yeah. well so i i only sleep three to four hours a night um that's completely natural to me and anyone out there that has heard the whole eight hour nonsense it's completely false doesn't hold up to science in any shape or form eight hours was arbitrary in the same way that ten thousand steps was arbitrary the reason ten thousand steps exists is because it looks like somebody walking in the Japanese um, way of writing. And so they wanted something arbitrary and it came from Japan. And so that's, that looked nice to them. And so they went with it, but now it's built into everyone that we run, we walked 10,000 steps in the same way as women have eight hours. Actually, if you're a teenager and you're going through hormonal change, you should be having nearer to 12 or 13. But if you're naturally only having a few hours, then have them. And I only sleep three to four hours. So 
I wasn't overly needing of, of sleep that much. Um, I may have had what most people would call a normal night's sleep, um, but that was about it. And I just got back out again. Um, I then returned to Twitch because I'd taken like two or three weeks off of Twitch. And that month, I no, the next month, I did a 15 hour stream um, where it was just me talking to stream on terms of mental health and everything else. Um, and I just, I stayed up for 15 hours straight, just talking to, talking to camera on Twitch um, and raising money for the charity that way. That's what I was doing. That was my next challenge, weirdly enough. So I went from, from that to my next challenge actually being si technically sleep deprivation, I guess. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I didn't find a need for it. I, I, I think I'm always looking for that next challenge because it's not big enough. You know, I think part, part of it does come from, I don't think I've raised anywhere near enough. I've raised a few thousand, but it should be tens of thousands. It should be hundreds of thousands. It should be millions. And maybe that's my my ineptitude at raising money. But um, I, I don't know. I'm doing the challenges because I think I want to do something that people go, I have got to support this because he's an idiot. Like, I would much rather people go, that guy's a fucking moron. Let's give Brains Trust a load of money. Great. Cool. That's fine with me. As long as it's getting them the help. And so... You know, I'm, I'm doing the, the, the skydive. I mean, I need to advertise that more, to be perfectly honest. But I'm doing a skydive um, uh, in March. So I need to obviously raise more money for that as well. Um, and I'll just keep doing it until I can't. And even when I can't, there's, you know, I could do something in a wheelchair or on crutches. Or it, there's always a chance for me to do something. Um, you know, I, I think too many of us find the excuses as i said right at the beginning with so many of us find an excuse to put in our way you know oh well this thing has happened to me i can't do it anymore this thing has happened to me i can't do it anymore well you know what has happened to other people and i know that's not um the best way of looking at it because we're all very very different but if the reason that you're not doing it is because you have created that barrier then you are the only one that can take that barrier away no one else is going to no one else you are the one that can take that barrier away and I think it's easier for us to, to realize that. And so, yeah, I, I just, uh, I was just looking for that next challenge. When are those days when there are days when you're feeling lazy, you feel like you don't want to do something. Everyone has those days. What do you do then? <laughs> um, I feel lazy most of the time. Um, I, I, it's weird. I feel, I, I feel late. Like even when I was in the 50 marathons, I was like, why am I not doing 20? Why am I not doing 20? Why am I not doubled this? Why am I not doing 30? Why am I not running to the, the, the whole length of the country? Like what? Why not? So I tend to beat myself up to be perfectly honest when I'm feeling lazy, um, which is not the best thing to do. Um, but I look for the challenges. I look for something else. Um, those days when I, um, you know, I'm feeling that I can't do anything. I find something to do. It's like I say, I'm, I'm currently studying, although they're all part-time. So the, the amount of money that's being spent is, is low. I'm doing uh, three masters, one undergrad and a diploma at the same time at the moment. What are you doing? Um, what degrees? Um, I'm doing a master's in global mental health, a master's in terrorism and security, uh, a master's in history, a, an undergraduate degree in environmental science and a diploma in counseling and cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, and I will preface by, I will never use any of them because I really hate that thing. Because people always go, what are we going to do with these? Right. Nothing. I just want them. I want to learn. I want to do more. So what's really stopping me? You know, I'm going to do them part. I'm doing them part time. That's why I'm um, able to afford it. Um, 
and you know I can do it over a long period of time. So what's the real reason that I'm I'm not going to do it? So it's the same thing, and I need that to go on in the background whilst I'm doing something else because why not? Why shouldn't I be? I'm also trying to be a yoga instructor at the moment as well, um, so I'm doing that um, part time. And uh, yeah, I, I think when I'm feeling lazy or something like that, I tend to start doing something else. You know, I taught myself how to do a lot of different things. I make my own beauty products, for instance. I make, um, I draw, um, I, you know, I bake, I cook. Um, on my original channel that was, that is a challenge channel, that then turned into a vlog because of lockdown, but then has challenges. That's, I've, I've basically gone on there now and said, this is a challenge channel again. So that's going to be less um, posting on there. But actually what I've started doing on a Friday on that channel is doing recipes. So I, I do a recipe every week. So I teach people, teaching people how to cook um and then yeah like i say in the background i i like in that table there underneath is all my kind of ingredients and jars for making more um more beauty products and yeah i draw i i, I auctioned off a drawing um for for Pooh Bear because me and my wife um called each other Pooh Bear um when she was alive and so um my twitch community is the hundred acre wood from where when the poo is from um, and so I, I, I draw that a lot and, you know, I, I do, I, so I've got it here somewhere. Oh God, my bookshelf. So, um, yeah, so Pooh Bear. <laughs> so I have that on my, on my chest and things. And yeah, I just randomly, I, I'll just draw things. So it gives me something to do and you know, whatever I can do, I'll do it. That's so lazy for me just means do something what just do something but then even even then i feel lazy even then i feel lazy um i don't think that that laziness in my mind ever really goes away but that's also because i'm neurodivergent i'm always kind of beating myself up as anybody out there who is neurodivergent will know there's not really a time where you're okay in your mind i mean even being someone's suffered depression for a long time i can feel happy and be depressed at the same time it's they're not mutually exclusive so yeah what does it mean to be neurodivergent? Oh, so it's a fun little word. It just means that we're, you know, a few things have been miswired in our heads. And um, so neurotypical basically is what everyone thinks of as normal, which is bullshit because no one is. But, um, but it's that idea that, you know, everything's working. You know, so if you do suffer depression, it's it, in a neurotypical's mind, it's because someone close to you has died or there's a big event that has caused that. Um you know or they don't really have the or you have anxiety because you've been stuck inside for lockdown um you know you don't really find struggles in everyday life to understand why you want to be awake um whereas neurodivergent is when we step into the realms of aut um, autism adhd depression uh, or, or more neurological depression rather than um, um a specific event um and, and all those kind of wonderful um, acronyms and abbreviations for things um, come out into neurodivergence. So when your starting point is a little bit twisted in terms of um, where you're going, that's when you're more neurodivergent. And I have obsessive compulsive disorder and everything else. Well, that was the first one I was diagnosed with when I was nine um, and probably the one that's had the most impact on me because People always think obsessive compulsive disorder means um, you turn the light on five or six times. It doesn't. It's, it's, that's just nonsense. It's, um, it's crippling when you can't deal with it. And obsessive compulsive disorder main, mainly is intrusive thoughts. So that, that thought of, you know, you're lazy or anything like that comes in with the intrusive thoughts, that, that kind of voice 
that tells you that you can't do something or that you're worthless or you're going to cause somebody else's pain by not doing something is what comes in with there. And I think a lot of people that are neurodivergent have that voice somewhere in them in some way. But you manage to use it for good. Is that the case, yeah. generally speaking, or is that something that takes some work? I, I think it's, I think a lot of people do use parts of their neurodivergence for, for good, so to speak. Um, there was actually a, a documentary a few years ago by Stephen Fry, where he went and uh, met different actors and actresses and, and people that suffered from um, bipolar disorder, or what was known as uh, manic depression back when Stephen Fry was first diagnosed. Um, and he met up with people like Carrie, Fr Carrie Fisher, um, Princess Leia from the Star Wars films, um, and a lot of other people. And he asked them one question, which was, um, if you had a button, that if you pressed it could take away your bipolar disorder, that you never had to deal with it again, would you press it? And only one of them said yes. Everyone else said no, because it, it is who they are, but also their, their ability to work through it showed them that they were stronger. Their times when they're in a, a manic um, or hyper episode helps them be creative. And I think it can be the case with a lot of people that that's, something that a lot of people have learned to use but it's it's very difficult it's very different for everybody because even one person with bipolar disorder is different to the next person same as depression different to the next person anxiety and so forth but there are things that we can use just learning those those ways of doing it um so adhd is one that has been that a lot of people i think miss um represent as being some kind of superpower the problem is is that it's only a superpower if you don't have it. You know, if you, if you think of the reality of that, um, that yes, there are times when you're massively creative and you can work everything else, but then there's also moments of executive disorder where you cannot function in any way, shape or form because of the fact that you have to function. It stops you, it re rewires itself. It's like, a, like, like something just being shut off and not allowing you to really move. So I think when we do think of it in terms of, we can use these we've also got to realize that there's a, a darker day that is also being used along with it so it's, it can be very difficult that makes absolute sense well we've been on the podcast for an hour which is you know a, a very little time with you to be completely fair <laughs> <laughs> but just to wrap it up yeah what's because there is tremendous positive message in everything you said. What would be your suggestion to people who are, you know, just, just living the average life? Everyone, let's say in the UK, most people, a lot of people have it pretty good, pretty comfortable. But there is this feeling, oh, I could be doing better. I could be doing more. There is, you know, there are options out there. But you see yourself just stuck in a routine, which is nothing bad. Routine is, is great. But mm. I feel like people also need challenges. And I'm not saying that people should take it to the point where you took it, because I don't think it would work for everyone, just like it works for you. You make it work, and that's amazing. But realistically speaking, this is a very special path you're on. What would be your, I don't want to say an advice, but what would be your take on people who are I trying mean, to get out there a little bit? 
I think it comes down to one very simple question. Are you changing for you or because other people or because you think other people want you to? Um, because if you're thinking I could be doing something else because you think that's what everybody else is seeing you as, then fuck them. They're not you. Um, and actually, we get into the idea of um, a comedian, actually, a puppet comedian from Australia called Feltface, who actually talks about this in one of his um, comedy specials. And who said we have to be, who said that ordinary wasn't enough? Who said that, you know, mediocre is, is um, something we should strive to be out of? You know, if, if you're looking to, to, if you're comfortable and you're happy, then be comfortable and happy. You shouldn't let the thoughts of other people push you to something that would make you outside of it. If the outside world is the move from this um, little bit of, um, you know, safe zone for us to a massive bit outside of it, then don't do it. As I said before, you have those stages. But if the outside world is too much for that, why do it? If you're doing it for somebody else, then it's not their decision, it's you. And if you're happy with living in a, you know, doing a nine to five, living in a house with a wife and kids, and you have your holidays, and that's you, and that's where you feel comfortable, and you want to do that, do it. There's no reason you should step out of it. However, if the thought in the back of your head is yours saying, I could do something else. I could do something more. Then that's like I was saying earlier, that's that being open to saying yes to something. That's where it's different. That's when that voice is no longer what you assume of other people, but it's your voice, the one inside of you saying, look, what the, let's go and let's go and do this. You know, you've seen Dave, you've seen David Goggins or you've somehow found some inspiration from me and gone, you know what? I can go and run. I can go and bungee jump. I can go and skydive. I can go and do whatever. Do it. Give it a go. Because the worst that's going to happen is you don't feel it, but you still have that drive. Well, if you still have that drive, maybe running wasn't for you. Maybe skydives weren't for you, but maybe it's changing your career is. Maybe your partner is the problem and you need to change partner. There could be anything. If you just have that feeling and it is a feeling that you have, not the feeling that you think others have of you. Don't be putting your mask onto other people and trying to see through their eyes, you never will. It isn't their decision. So I think the first thing you have to see is, is that voice yours or is it somebody else's? If it's the voice of somebody else or what you think of somebody else, it's not their decision. You stay happy where you are. If it is you, then why are you letting yourself crumple and decay when what you could be doing is going out there and making sure that every minute counts towards that voice telling you, you know what? You, I said to myself, I could do this. Look where I am now look what I've done, you know, look where I have come from. It's, you know, if we look at Wilder, although he had a massive defeat in boxing, Wilder came from a very meager beginnings. You know, he didn't, he didn't just, he wasn't born into everything. In fact, even, uh, you know, even um, Tyson Fury wasn't, although Tyson Fury does come from a lineage of boxers. So there's a bit different. Wilder doesn't, Wilder doesn't come from that. He just found, oh, I can hit people. Now it's a bit different, but it is something that you can go forward and go, you know what, this is usable. This is usable in a, in a good way, in, a, in a, an active sport. There's, there's so many times that we can see that from different people. Um, and it just takes that openness to listen to your voice, to your voice. That's the difference. Listen to your voice that is giving you those commands of like, you know what, eh, maybe, maybe we can try this and try it. You know, there's nothing to lose um, you know, it's very, very old and famous post, but the, 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 the only thing to fear is fear itself. You know, that, that thing that's telling you not to do it is the thing that you should be frightened of because that's the reason you're decaying in your everyday job.
I love it because in a way, the things you're saying, I heard them many times, but it's different when they come from a guy who's doing all those things. I think that's where the difference is to me, you know? And I think, honestly, amen. I think this should be it. This is the message. This is the podcast. This is a, this is a 62 minutes on the clock. And that was really good and tremendously inspirational. Thank you very much. No problem at all. And no also, if you want to plug anything, um, go for it now. I will also put um, links to anything in the description to that episode. Okay, well, I mean, the, the obvious thing is um, my charity, which is um, upformentalhealth.org. Um, as I say, a lot of the stuff that we want to do hasn't been able to happen yet because there's a weird rule in um, in England about how um, charities have to have meetings um, for them to be chosen. So that's, it's weird, but you can go on there. If you go on resources, you can, you know, you can, if you, at the top, there's a let's chat thing. So if you need to reach out to somebody, there's a massive um, then catalog underneath it of phone call, of um, phone numbers and websites you can go to if you need help. And there's a worldwide link at the top if you're not in the UK. Um, and there's a load of other stuff on there. Not as much as we want, but it is getting more. Like even if you go on resources and you want to you want to listen to a song, we've had people compose short songs for us. You can go there. So that's up for mentalhealth.org. Um, there is obviously my my website that I've just created, which is where you can go and keep along to what I'm doing, which is what most people really want to do which is up for the challenge.co.uk so that it's the number four every time um so up for the challenge.co.uk um there's a couple of this is very new there's a couple of little posts there that i've done one of them being a poem um and then it's linked to my instagram so you can see the, the pictures there and there is a paperclip and i am doing the paperclip clip challenge guys i do want to get a house to give to um brains trust so if anyone wants to trade anything i have done some trades already let me know i'm open to trading um but then it also have challenges so you can see what's coming up there um and uh yeah i think the other one uh would also be my youtube channel i've got a load of other stuff but i don't want to i don't want to just completely take out everything so if you go to um youtube uh, and then forward slash up for the challenge so up for the challenge it's stupid because for some reason even though i own the url for youtube forward slash up for the challenge if you just search up for the challenge, it's a completely different YouTuber. I don't know why, but if you literally youtube.com forward slash up for the challenge, that is my challenge channel. Um, and you'll see there's a video saying asking yes theory to challenge me. There's some food videos. There's a playlist. You can literally go on the playlist and you can see travel, um, shorts, food for life, vlog. And then the one that everyone actually wants to see the challenges. And that's where you'll be able to find videos of me running videos of me doing the runaway and everything in between as well so there are a lot of other stuff but you'll be able to find them by clicking on something that clicks on something so you can do that for yourself amazing perfect and and that's and that's the episode thank you everyone for tuning in